Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shout outs on the podcast. I've recently started working part time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hoop theory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash hoop theory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the Boban Marjanovic episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 51. My name is Logan Wortman, and as always, I am joined by my elegant co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how goes it? I am doing fantastic. It's going to yeah. be a great one. How do you feel about the John Wick 3 star, Boban Marjanovic, being our episode muse today? That was exciting. I didn't really think it would be right, but it was. Like We yeah. looked and like, there's that was pretty much him. In terms mm-hmm. of like, in our head canon, the most important person to ever play in the NBA and we're 51. Yeah. For sure him. He's literally the only person I could think of. And when we looked up the list, uh, that made sense. I couldn't think of any of the other guys. So not a lot, uh, honestly. Not, not as many as you think. Ryan Archidiacono, but. Yeah, Ryan Archidiacono. <laughs> he would be on the short list for sure of guys. <laughs> but uh, speaking of short lists. We're um, going to try to narrow down a pretty short list here today for you guys. And that is our list of the top 10 best players in the world at the sport of basketball, namely in the NBA, which is basically the same thing as the sentence I just said, you know, not to to go back. Yeah. Not to go back to (laughs) our many Noel Lyles conversations that we've had so far, but um, we've only done two, haven't we? Yeah. Two in two on episodes to it on the, air in the recording but i've it feels like a lot for me because i've edited and put together shorts of those and argued with people in comment sections good fighting for your life yeah yeah so uh it's been a good time shout out to my barber for messing my beard up sorry you need to find a new barber i think i did already (laughs) you think you did no i'm like i need to like double check but like i'm not gonna go get my hair cut soon yeah, because I get it cut every like month and a half, two months. Mm-hmm. So I'll just next time I will try somebody new, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I am ready to go. We got lists, and there was a bit of a contention before the recording started on yeah. how are we gonna approach this list. One of our because, biggest fights we've ever had. No, literally, I almost <laughs> I almost drove to Omaha and, like fisticuffs to decide. But it was more so like usually a list you wanted to end with like the exciting stuff, and that's almost always number one. Yeah, but my, in my brain, I was like, "Well, the top like just the set of names, it's not really a debate." I I would like, say there is debate, but it's less contentious than than like eight, nine, rest. and ten in this top yeah. ten list. There's mm-hmm. like fifteen 
less than 15. There's like 10 acceptable names for those three spots where I would listen to your argument without being like, what on you- my screen of notes that I'm looking at right now, I literally have 14 players listed out. So, and I have 13. Yeah. Because I had to retype my notes up quick because I did not save it. Or apparently I can't find it anyway. It doesn't matter. So the list I promised in the last episode of having a, uh, beginning of the year, end of the year, those lists got kind of merged because I did this one off the top of my head. So anyway, Logan, do you want to do want to do we want to pivot or are we going to stick with the going one first? We can start with one. Okay. I I I agree with you that it's it's more anticlimactic if we start at ten and go to one. Just um, because like there's not an easy ten, it's a harder bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, but I feel like one. You open it up, but I feel like it's not really a debate by anybody. I want to hear you say it. I think it's, I think it's the Sambor native. Okay, awesome. Nikola Jokic. I'm pretty yeah. like because I thought about because there was a couple other people, but I'm like, okay. If I were to be building an NBA team right now, I feel like he's the guy I want. Mm-hmm. And, and I would and like what he did on the court in the finals, in the playoffs. Like, hadn't been done before. And if yeah. it hadn't been done once, and then he just averaged that over the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like it – and then also in terms of the whole building a team, looking at that, not that that's, that's not the angle we're taking. Because I feel like the 10 guys you would want to build a team, I would not want all of these guys necessarily that I have on my top 10. I would want a lot of them, but not all of them. But, like, he just – he just – what he does – he makes everyone else better around him. So if you take the upgrade that he gives everyone else and add that to his stock alone, he's like way out the top of the list. I yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing I will say is it seems like everybody has jumped onto this bandwagon, if you want to call it that. Just I mean, after this finals, which makes sense because we just saw him do it, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's vaulted him into it like this new atmosphere, but. And I can't even take full credit for this because I don't think I ever really said it in the past. Like when when ranking players, I always used to put Giannis one because that was like the consensus, you know, like mm-hmm. a year ago or two years ago. But if you would, I I believe one hundred percent that if you would have asked me back then, like, you know, when it comes down to it, like if I had to choose one player between Jokic and Giannis, like who would I choose, you know, to be on the Nuggets mm-hmm. type of thing. Like I, I honestly think I would have chose Jokic. So is that the same thing as putting him as number one? I don't know. I think um, you already have emotional connection to him. No, but I'm saying, yeah, I mean that that could be part of it. But I just feel like no, because until this year, I still take Giannis. This he, not just postseason. This season. Yeah. I, I don't blame you for doing that. No, I'm just saying yeah. that I I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I feel like I, this entire time I've I feel safe when the ball is in Jokic's hands. Do you know what I mean? It's the I, opposite he, feeling I get when Nebraska ball legend. Oh, I just blanked on his name. C.J. Wilcher has the basketball. The way you feel when Jokic has the basketball is the opposite how I feel when C.J. Wilcher has the basketball. Yeah, that, that's that going to be a, a, a thing that almost no one gets. But yeah. if you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, but so Jokic, I just feel like he he's the only person – it's the only thing in this world that gives me that kind of feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. That when he has the ball and it's in a late-game situation, the only thing that I'm worried about is the refs making the right call or you know things that are outside of his control. Because everything within his control, I, I'm not worried about at all. And yeah, so at, at the end of the day, I just I would always I feel like I would just tend to default to that safety blanket, as opposed to, you know, all the other stuff that Giannis provides, which I mean is a lot. I, I don't think you're, there's a wrong choice between the two of them. Um, I'm kind of spoiling who my number two is, but that would be him, Giannis and Teddy Kupo. Yep. So, that's also my two. One two. Uh, I think that's the clear top two for me. Like, like if we were like, to do this in tiers, that's the that's tier one. Yes, I 100% agree that that's like, yes. it's it, Like if you were to break down this top 10 list even further, you've got two, and then I say you have... Three more for me at least. There's three more after that two that are in a little group. I've got four. Four. But I'm, I'm, I have a feeling that the one of, the one of the person, the fourth one, might be, I yeah. have in my okay. tier. I know who it is. Yeah, I feel like everybody <laughs> probably does. But yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So moving on to three then. Do you want to alternate this? you want to go three? I'll give a little bit more love to Giannis. Um, like obviously, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things that he does and like the playoffs. Like that does it. That was a weird thing that he was hurt for a good chunk of it. Not to just take, take away anything that he did, but like putting the Bucks loss on Giannis's shoulders saying he should be lower because, Oh, he looked bad in the playoffs. That's just a dumb argument. Giannis is too, just because of everything he does. He's like, that's why him and Jokic is a conversation. I still take Jokic nine times out of 10, but looking at my three, this is where I started to struggle with the order. Yeah. Or same. So, so this is when the order kind of was tough because I feel like, okay, this next three, I put in every single order, at, like that is possible. I've like jumbled them around in every single position. So I put Steph at three. Same. Because I was like, oh, this might not be a great. It, it doesn't matter if we don't agree, but like, I just put Steph at three because I was like, okay, it's just this year. I just, I just felt like, like going he, into this season. It's I mean. just going to be going into this. It's not like, oh, from the, uh, uh, what's that? It's not predicting what will happen this season. It's yes, saying it's like this is the in. order going in, and things can. Ch- that's what we'll kind of get into is what things can happen that we can foresee somebody jumping, you know, in positions pretty easily. In, yeah, but going in, I feel like this just needs to be the order. Um, that's kind of why I put Steph here at three as opposed to somebody else. Uh, cause that's who I had there to begin with when I first drafted out this list is somebody else. Um, and I guess, yeah, just to give some more love for, or some more like depth of conversation into our picks so far, like Jokic, he's, he's giving you like just this unbelievable ability to play make from like the, the, center of the court um he's basically like think of him as like the sun and and all the other pieces on the court are like the planets orbiting around that sun 
Except um, like not in the black hole way that Luca and Trey Young are. Like in, not, in the one that gives life to the planets and doesn't just absorb all of the energy in the surrounding area. Yeah, exactly. Because heliocentric is like a like an expression already, and that's a great yeah. but like not in the negative sense. Or like that's the only reason Luca isn't better. Mm-hmm. And maybe higher on the list is because he is so like I think Trey Young's the most like to the point where he's a black hole, not even a sun. Just like I am devoid of happiness, but I do things. Yeah. It's hard to call somebody who averages like 10 assists a game a black hole, but like I do, I, I understand that point. Like, and I don't disagree with it because it's kind of like Harden on the Rockets sort of thing where it's every single move, every single decision is like orchestrated by that player. And so that's that's how you rack up just because you get that's why just because you're getting a lot of assists doesn't mean that you are like a great facilitator or, you know, a floor general necessarily because facilitation via production because the other team's like, oh, send to it him. And you just have the like pick and roll every time to be like, oh, I should pass this to the wide open PJ Tucker or Eric Gordon standing in the corner because his guy came and doubled me. Yeah. In the James yeah. Harden situation. So that's the third option. Like I, I was just thinking from it, like the most basic, like two option scenario, oh. the, like with Harden's pick and roll, it's always, if you don't play, like either you give Harden less attention and allow him to score in the pick and roll, or if you shade over to him more then he has Capella on the lob. Um, and then I guess if somehow you have unbelievable pick and roll defense where both of those, because maybe you bring a third defender over to try to stop that from happening, then you leave somebody open in the corner. And that, you know, James Harden is a very capable, very talented passer. I'm not taking anything away from him as a, one of the most skilled passers in the world. Um, but the thing is, he's not like a Jokic, where he's like, he makes all of his teammates better necessarily. It's like all of the other teammates are just kind of stationary pieces. And Around the game, him. yeah, the game is is all based on him. It's like I'm scoring or I'm making this option read, you know, type thing. Um, and not necessarily like setting up your teammates into different positions, like, like da- dynamically to give them different opportunities, like the way that Jokic and Murray play off of each other. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, that's, I guess, what I'll say about Jokic and, and yeah, and the heliocentric thing. But yeah, that, that's a conversation that started coming up a lot more in this playoffs of like people trying to describe Jokic. Like I've I heard that come up of, of somebody being like, you know, it makes more sense. You know, we use this word heliocentrism to de- describe like yeah, kind of yeah, basically as to describe LeBron Ball and Harden Ball and Luca Ball and Trey Ball, um, but. It makes honestly, if you think about it, it would make more sense to describe what Jokic does as heliocentrism, because it's like things are orbiting and moving around him uh, in a way, instead of it just being like focused on a star. Yeah, that type of thing. So I mean, they both work. It's it's a mix, kind of a mixed metaphor, but um, that's how good Jokic is. Is he took this thing that people had used for forever and then just said, "Well, I do it better." But totally different. So change yeah. the definition. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So and then Giannis is at two. Uh he's definitely the best defender. Um 
Yeah. At least at this in this top five for sure. He's the best defender here. And, you know, offense, very, very valuable on that end as well. Provides a ton of rim pressure. He's probably got the highest motor of anybody here on this list. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about Giannis other than he's the Greek freak. Uh, runs the floor like a deer, like the the mascot of his team. And he's just a special, special player. And he's honestly also really unselfish, really just great leader, great teammate, just like Jokic. So And, and just like Steph. So, And he's a Nick. And he's going to be a Nick, and that'll be my nightmare fuel. You think you think that he's not staying very long and he won the championship. Milwaukee? That's all he promised. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, Steph at three. Steph at three, which don't need to say much about him other than change the way that the NBA works in a lot of different ways. He is a superstar with or without the ball, m- most times without the ball. By just running, never stopping moving his feet. He's always running off screens, always relocating. He's one of the most unselfish. Like all three of these guys are super unselfish, but Steph, you could argue in a way, is the most. Um, him or Jokic, at least, because just the way that his he utilizes his gravity to get people open. Like there's all these videos on YouTube. You can go watch about this. There's a lot of compilation videos just of him coming off a screen where both players, both defenders are following him and Kevon Looney or uh, Draymond Green just slips that screen wide open for a layup at the rim. Like that that kind of stuff happens all the time just because of how much defenses are paying attention to Steph. And he knows he's not getting the ball in that scenario, but he's doing that because he knows the value yeah. uh, that that creates for his team. Um like he's so willing to set like just looking at the comparison between him and the way Russ uh what Russell Westbrook was refusing to play um with the Lakers like how he is this heliocentric Russ is like mm-hmm. this guy that can't play off ball see and that that's kind of like the difference between Jokic and Luka and these other guys that we were talking about with the heliocentrism those other guys when they have the ball it's all centered around them but when they don't have the ball then they're out of the play like nothing's They're going just on. They're standing there watching. And Literally. Jokic, yeah, Jokic is not like that at all. He's he's always like directing, like if even if it's not his move on the court, where like he sees like, oh, this would be beneficial if somebody were to like flash middle right here, but he's not in the position to do that. He's communicating to other people, like trying to get them to make those moves. Or he, you know, he's. I just love those plays where it's Jokic that. He passes the ball and then he just takes off sprinting all of a sudden, like, you know, curling down uh, with a cut off ball to get get the ball and put it up for a layup. Like he does that kind of stuff a lot. Um, he moves without the ball and he's just very smart with it, with that kind of stuff. That is what Steph does to better the, than Jokic. Like, yeah, the absolute yeah, highest degree that we've um, ever seen in the history of ever mm-hmm. and probably won't see again because it's like a different gear that people try to do it. And they're like, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like what I was saying about Russ, he, he refused to ever set screens uh, for, for like his teammates. He's like, I'm, I'm a star. I don't set screens. You know, that's like, that's just this mentality that a lot of stars have, but it's like Steph, Steph is like, he, he looks at the game, the way he treats the game is as if he is just merely a role player. Like every player on a team, including him is just playing their role. Um, 
And that's just something that's really special. But yeah, so that's our top three. I feel really good about that top three. Number four, this is, I think, where we might start to be different. Yep. Um, so my number four, this is somebody I, I did argue with myself, maybe putting him at number three. Yeah. This person um, famously known as being number two, always. At least my person is. Famously known as being number two. Never mind. You can just say a person. Okay. No. My number my number four is Joel Embiid. No, that's not mine. Oh, it's Kevin okay. Durant. Oh, okay. I don't hate that, but my number four is Joel Embiid. Um, this I think also that, might be part of my soul can't do it. Your soul can't do what? My soul can't acknowledge Joel Embiid as, a, as there. Oh. I can't do it. And maybe he is for sure. Now that I'm like in like a situation where I have to defend my argument, it's, I just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, why do you have him beat it for? Just because I feel like going into the season, it's like just looking at the, the value that he provides on both ends of the floor. Um, I think that the guys behind him on this list, like a Luca, not necessarily a Durant, but like a Luca in a, or a Tatum, um, those guys need to really prove themselves like in order for them to, to, I feel like they have to, it's their move. The ball's in their court to uh, show or prove that they have passed Joel Embiid. Cause at this point, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily feel like they have proven that yet. Um, just Both with the shown flashes, but not a consistent constant. Like mm-hmm. you got to do it for more than a month. Well, he yeah. doesn't even do it for more than a month because he takes a break every three weeks. But uh, the concept is there. Yeah. Uh, his two-way dominance, his uh, ability with like just his massive size uh, to be able to be fluid off the dribble and create his own shot in space um, and dominate in the post. And he just he has his offensive game is at every single level and has continued to get better every single year. We'll see if this is yet another season of him going on an upward trajectory or if this is where he starts to plateau. Um, that's the big question, honestly, for what this list will look like in six months. Um, yeah, I have Joel Embiid at four. So you have Durant at four. Can you? I had Durant at four. Yeah. And um, a lot of it was just because I think like our list might be the same, except I just had Embiid lower. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know, but I just was like I'm can't do it. Uh, I had KD up here just because of like when we haven't seen healthy KD and like a fully what I feel like there's nothing holding him back at all healthy KD in like a while, uh, or he's been in like a weird situation. I feel like going into this year, this is one of the first years where you know he wants to be there. I think his health is pretty getting pretty close to a hundred percent. And then just all the things that Kevin Durant does. Like, he's Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Offensively, defensively. Mm-hmm. Gets slept on a lot, his defense. Like, yeah. I feel sure. like it. he always gets brought up as like the, what did uh, Tobias Harris's dad called Tobias Harris? Uh, an Elite assassin score. score. Or assassin score, yeah. An assassin score. That is what Kevin Durant is, but then also add in like. To this. the most pure, like 100% degree, uh, like. If you could call anybody an assassin score, it would be either Kevin Durant or Michael Jordan. Yeah, like that that type of thing. And I think his defense gets slept on a lot. Um, so that's why I put KD at four. 
mm-hmm. I guess I'd be next so I can jump. I had him beat at five. Okay. Um, because I I didn't I wasn't sipping the Kool-Aid so hard. I was really close, but I wasn't chugging the Kool-Aid so hard to put a different player above Embiid. I did write his name as Embitch. <laughs> and um, but I had him at five for all the reasons you said. Um, and honestly, the reasons I had the two guys after him that I do have is because they just haven't done it yet. In terms of like the constant, always weird lulls and things like that. Like Embiid has carried teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you did you move him? Did you have him at not five at one point? No. I thought you I thought you had Tatum up here. I do. Just next. That's it. Yeah, I know. Because I said my top because you said you have three guys and I said I have four. Where I put a line. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so he's he's in this tier as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, that might be the only I don't know. We'll see here in a second. Um honestly, we could probably go to it. So my top looking at where our top fives look at. Or what was your five? Because my your five and my five would be different. Yeah, so your five was Embiid. My my five was Luca. Um, oh yeah, no, I don't have Luca this high. Really? Not crazy much lower, but he's the start of the next tier for me. But what what uh why Luca above the Tatums and the KDs of the world? Um I I would say it's just the all around skill, all around game that he has. It's just like He's that version of Harden, like, you know, that Harden ball, that Trey ball that we've been talking about. Like, I think Luca is the absolute peak or pinnacle version or edition of that that we've seen. Like, where he's just, his game is so complete around, like, as far as his game with the ball in his hands, which, you know, is what the Mavs system is, is put the ball in Luca's hands and everything else works off of that um it's just i it's unmatched i think that there's not a guy in this league that is as skilled in so many areas as he is with just the way he can score at every single level the way that he's just completely he like it doesn't matter he's kind of like jokic in this way but it's if jokic had the mentality of a harden mm-hmm. you know what i mean offensively though yeah yeah, if like Jokic was like, oh, I'm just going to – I know that I can score every time, so I'm just going to actually try to do that. I'm going to actually try to score every time. Um, that's what Luka is. And it's like the way that um, the best defenders in the world guarding Luka can look like me- like a merely a minor inconvenience to him. It doesn't um, matter who. Yeah. It could be the best or like – like there's that's actually been a team some things have done where they throw their best defender on Kyrie because they know that they'll get more value like shutting yeah. off Kyrie's faucet than slowing down Lucas. The same thing with with people why why people have started to realize that guarding Jokic, the person who guards Jokic one on one is not the most important defensive assignment because in a way you it's like you're getting similar value from like your best taking away passing lanes and stuff yeah like if you if you have your best defender on Jokic, it's not that far of a drop off as it would be for guarding other players when you put your second best defender on him because he he's just like it's similar to the way dirk how dirk was so difficult to guard because 
he's so good at making awkward and off balance shots that like when you play, what is good, what is playing good defense? You know, you're putting them in uncomfortable situations where they have to make awkward and unbalanced shots. Yeah, exactly. And when a player is really freaking good at that, that's like what their strength is. Calling card. Yeah. It's like what defense, what can defense even do at that point? Um, that's kind of like the thing with Luca. That that's what I've come to realize with just watching him in the playoffs. Where I, you know, I thought that the Clippers, the first time they drew them as their opponent, I was like, oh well, this is going to be a death gauntlet for Luca. This is so unfortunate that this is who they drew as their first round matchup. But then watching it, it was like Luca still completely dominated and made that series really like tightly contested. Um, even though he had like some combination of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on him like that entire series. So Is it was it it wasn't rookie. What that year was his second year. It was his but I remember second I'll never forget third. that part. It was the, the the second year is the one I always remember because I'm like, this dude's two years into the league. That is the 18 years nineteen years old just yeah. cooking. That is the series where where he hit this step back he had Marcus Morris I think guarding Yes. I know the exact hit. shot. Yeah. Uh, that shot is the the moment that uh, my wife and I decided that we were going to name our the dog that we were getting after Luka Doncic. <laughs> That's the moment you decided to take. Yeah, I was. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, well, she liked that we had talked about it. She had liked the name Luka. We mm-hmm. were thinking about it already, and then that happened. I was like, "We're naming our dog Luka." He's like, a dog. I, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so. That was a pointless little tangent, but uh, that is the reasons. Those are the reasons why I have Luka Doncic as the, the number five spot. He might be the best scorer in the world, and he might be the best passer in the world. Like I, I think I would honestly, if I made a list of both those things, I would put him second on both okay. of those lists: second best scorer in the world, second best passer in the world. So then I feel like because all these guys obviously are like what they do, they are near the top of what they do well. That's why they're top 10 in the NBA. What would be the lower, the weakness of Luka, if you could call it that, that um, brought him down to be five as opposed to being three or two? Yeah. Um, I would say the defense part of it, I think out of these top five players, he's definitely the weakest on the defensive end, um, which isn't to say that he doesn't bring any value on that end. Uh, because he does, he does read the court very well. He can mirror uh, like offensive players uh, pretty well. He know he knows he has good awareness and, and things like that. But he's lacking in a lot of areas on the defensive end with his size and speed. Well, not really his size, but his um, his athleticism and also just his his um, motor, like his effort on that end, is seems to be really obviously conserved for the offensive possessions and also I would say the off ball factor of seeing trying to imagine him paired alongside another star is kind of hard to imagine at this point because he would have to play very differently than he already does unless unless that star his co-star is somebody like an Anthony Davis or a Giannis even where what he does just kind of puzzle puzzle pieces there Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's what, I think what edges and beat over him is the two way factor. That makes sense. Yeah. So then is it me for six? 
Yep, you're first for six. Okay, so my sixth player on here. I guess top five is a good number to give a recap where we're at. We okay. both agreed on Jokic. Yep. Both agreed on Giannis. And mm-hmm. both agreed on Steph. At mm-hmm. four, Logan went Embiid, and I went KD. At five, I went KD or Embiid, and Logan went Luca. Mm-hmm. So Logan has not used KD, and I have not had Luca on my top. Those are the only people that we have that are different thus far through five. But we've still got five more because that's how top ten works. So, what is your sixth, Logan? Yeah. So my sixth. So this is another drop off for me a little bit. So like like I said before, the top tier I'd say is Jokic and Giannis. Second tier is Steph and Bede, Luca, and then this next tier I have Durant at six. Um, and this is yeah, th- this is one where I could go either way. Like, there's definitely some people behind Durant that I could argue myself into putting over Durant. Um, and, but I th- I feel like I feel most comfortable with him sitting here at the sixth spot currently. Um, just because I feel like there's some players behind him that maybe could have some more room to go uh, in order to fully, you know, overtake him on this list. Um, and so, yeah, that I think that's why I'm putting Kevin Durant, who's arguably the greatest, like the the surest two points, like the best just get a bucket guy in the history of the league. And like you you were mentioning before, his two way factor, uh, very switchable, provides a lot of rim protection. Um, I, his, what his kryptonite is, is, uh, his slender frame for what, which I shouldn't say is his kryptonite because that's part of what makes him so good in other areas as well is how slender he is in some ways. But, um, the downside of that is what we saw in the nuggets and sun series, the way that he was able to kind of just be neutralized in a way, you know, he still averaged probably like 25 points a game that series, but, but he had a couple really bad games. Yeah, and his his efficiency was not anywhere close to the where we usually see Durant, and a huge reason, like almost one hundred percent. Like you you were saying, maybe there was something to do with his health, but I'd say a majority of the reason of why he was neutralized the way he was was because of the defensive job that Aaron Gordon was playing on him. With you know Aaron Gordon, very stocky, sturdy for being six eight, but he just gets under him every time like Durant his go-to possession is mid-range post-up so the game plan was whenever he's trying to get position posting up in the mid-range AG is just pushing him off of his spot as far as possible so he instead of Durant catching the ball like seven feet away from the basket when AG's guarding him he's catching it more like 14 or 15 feet away from the basket and that just brings down his efficiency a lot yep. because he's catching the ball farther away and he's also getting a lot more tired, um, having to fight for position and stuff like that. So that that was, I think, the that's like kind of where I feel like he needs to show that he has a, a great counter for that. Because so far in his career, we we have not seen when he is presented with that kind of defensive matchup, we have not seen him overcome that. Um, other than kind of against LeBron in in the um, finals, but. You know, so a lot of people don't want to count those because he had such the like drastically better team um, with the Warriors. But there, is, I would say there are some people that would say that Durant outplayed LeBron in at least one of those final series. Um, I th- I think one could argue that he did in both directly 
one-on-one. Yeah. Um, obviously, maybe uh, you could argue. I would say 18, I think I would still lean LeBron. I think 2018, LeBron had one of the best finals games ever played. Oh, yeah. But but se- I would say I would lean KD for sure in 17. So they might they might have split that one one and one. But yeah, so that's my number six. Who's your number six? I have on my list number six is this is where I was sipping the Kool-Aid and I put Jason Tatum mm-hmm. at six. Because have you seen this recently? It's been places on Twitter and maybe it's just Celtics Twitter. But like there's an actual debate between Luka and Tatum for the best player under 25. What do you mean actual debate? Like people are like discussing rather aggressively whether they'd have Tatum or Luka as the top player under 25. I think it's – in my book, it's clearly Luka. But I I wouldn't say that somebody is insane or knows nothing about basketball for picking Tatum. I wouldn't say that. That's for sure. Because I took Tatum because I also think that I overvalue defensive liability more than I should. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I've got Tatum at six. Luke is my seven. Like, yeah. right. So, I, I mean, it seems weird that, but like, again, Thanks. the order was a little bit off in terms of like, but I had like my three and then what, like four through seven was like a very much a order was rough. Like it took me a while to figure out and nail down the order. I did it yesterday, forgot to save it. So this might've even been different than what I wrote down yesterday for all I know. Um, But it's, it's a very loose, like these guys are top 10 guys, but it's hard to like put pins on where they are. So I have Tatum at six for all the things that Jason Tatum does. Well, Um, I think he's grown a lot as a, like a leader on the court type of thing. He's -hmm. done a lot more on that front as well as obviously offensively he took a step up efficiency wise and then also defensively I think is the bigger thing. Yeah. He's um he's done a lot in the past couple of years to keep his energy on offense, like still put all that in but still bring a lot to the table where one could argue he was our best defensive player in terms uh-huh. of yeah. what he was doing like versatility and switchability. Switchability is the wrong word cuz that's literally what Marcus Smart does, but like the year Marcus won, Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, I would have argued that he could do all the things he wanted to do because Tatum could just kind of like assist with the side and just be there. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, Tatum is, I would say, is kind of the definition of switchability at, in the NBA right now as well, though. Both of them are extremely switchable. So uh, the the defensive thing is why I gave the nod above Luka, but as you said, Luka is a – this is going to go down as a very fun era of basketball. Yeah, and I feel like um, honestly, the last like three names we've talked about are big reasons why it will be. Honestly, moving forward, it'll just be a ton of fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And that's who I have as my number seven is Jason Tatum. Um, so we both have the same top seven here. I and like I would argue, at least from my perspective. I feel better about Tatum's defense than I do his offense. Like, honestly, yes. it's, it's his offense that is holding me back a little bit with with Durant and, you know, even Luka, um, like putting him over those guys. Because just the consistency, like him being able – like me trusting him as like a number one on a team 
in a playoff situation. And I think at the end of the year, we will have our answer, good or bad, whether consistency is coming to the table or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that he looked a lot more consistent last year. Because like going into last year, I think I sent a a meme into the group chat with you, me, and Anthony, our buddy Anthony, Sixers fan, um, Mm -hmm. that had, it was like a calendar. And it was like, in the offseason, it just exited out. But at the beginning of the year, it was like, oh my goodness, this is Michael Jordan. And then someone was like, should we trade him? Or is this trading too low after his like Michael Jordan start of the season? And then at the end, he's like, oh my goodness, he's back. Because he he just would go through this lull in the middle of the season that like irritated me to no end. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what caused it or what it was. This year, the lull, unless you were looking for it, didn't really exist. It did, but it wasn't to the same extent of where you're like, ah, like – I think he he ended up averaging just shy of thirty a game. I think. I think it might have been even over thirty. It was no, he might have been the first Celtic ever to have thirty a game, thirty point one a game. So he just got over thirty a game, mm-hmm. um, which is incredible. No, that's <laughs> huge. No, that's not yeah. anything to take away from at all. Yeah. Um, but the 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 consistency in the lull was much lesser because like there was where he was averaging thirty five for like a month. Mm-hmm. And then he would go through this 20 points a game four week, three weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm not, he's a good basketball player. 20 points a game is elite. But when he got like the volume and what the team needed from yeah, him. W- with the volume that he's doing it at is not very elite. It, it was not insane. Uh, but mm-hmm. then there would be the uh, flip side. So I get the consistency thing. I think we will know this year definitively if we, if he is going to be this like consistent offensive thing. Yeah. Um, because he's going to have, I think with, uh, Chris Dapps and I feel like also with like how the Celtics are going to have to run the offense, he will like, it'll be very apparent. It'll show bad. They can't hide him being a little bit off for a while. So it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And so my number eight, um, and this is where things might get for me. This is where I was like, I've got, I realized when I was looking, I forgot to write down her name. So I also have 14 names for my whole top 10. Oh yes. I, yeah, I, I feel like it's hard to say that any of these 14 guys are not top 10 guys. You know what I mean? Yes. So this is where it gets hard for me with starting at eight because I could argue myself that my last honorable mention could be number eight. For me, at least, this is where I things got would rough. Sort for me. of agree, yeah. I would sort of agree. If you were to look me in the eyes and say, "I guess this," I don't know how we want to. You can just give your eight. And we'll go from there. Yeah, oh, yeah, I I think that there are one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there are s- six players that I could easily put here at number eight for me. Um, but the guy I did or at least right now, that I feel the best about putting here. Oh, man, I I don't want to say a name and then not put him because I'm just trying to have this conversation with myself right now about what I should value more, about if whether or not, you know, okay, I'll just hint just, at it. Just one person that I'm thinking about is somebody. Injury. Yes. 
who d- barely plays, barely sees the court at all. And I felt and, like I had to put this person in the top 10, so I did, but I didn't feel good about it. I can, I'll say the name because Kawhi okay. Leonard. Mm-hmm. If Kawhi yeah. Leonard's healthy, he is eight or maybe higher. But not maybe knowing higher. what he's doing or what doctor he's talking to or if he's his own doctor or <laughs> what is going on makes putting Kawhi Leonard high super difficult. Because I was yep. like, I have to put Kawhi in the top 10. Especially after what he did in the playoffs this year where he, for how long did he even play? Two games? Not even. But he looked like the be- possibly the best player in the world. Um, of ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> out of every human being to ever breathe oxygen and play basketball, for those two games, I would have argued it might be Kawhi Leonard. Like, he yeah. looked insane. But then it was two games. And I was like... Yeah. Um, oh, man. It's like he can't, He came back just to remind everybody that, yes, he still is at this level. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, but I'm injured again. Uh, now I'm gone. Like, it's like it's so hard to to rank somebody like this. Yeah. Um, but so, I'm not – so I'm not going to put him at eight yet. Okay. I'm, the person I am going to put at eight is somebody who we saw play every game – in the playoffs last year and was a complete animal almost like he outplayed somebody who is above him on this list as his own teammate. Sorry, my, <laughs> for those watching on video, my dog is getting very needy and uh, just forced herself up onto my lap. But um, <laughs> so I, the person I'm putting at number eight is Devin Booker. Um, and so, yeah, his teammate, Kevin Durant, in that Nugget series, I think Booker was the clear best player on the Suns that series, at least. Yep. Uh, without question. And that's why I do see – I think that there are definitely some people, some NBA writers, uh, putting Booker over Durant on lists like this for that reason. And I can't necessarily blame them because I watched the same thing that they watched that is uh, informing that decision. But – I, I still lean that I think that I'm going to give Booker a little bit more root. Like I'm saying that uh, there might. Yeah, exactly. He has a little bit more to, to prove for me still to show that like, like I want to see Kevin Durant with, you know, a, a full off season heading into um, a stint with the Suns, And also in a matchup that where he's not necessarily playing against um, that specific defensive matchup that yep. you know is very very favorable for the other team um and stopping him so yeah that's why i put devin booker here at number eight but uh he's as far as like doing some michael jordan impressions um or kobe bryant impressions Kawhi is one guy that we just brought up but booker is um definitely doing that as well being just the king of the mid-range right now um yeah, who do you have at eight? Mine was I had two injuries that I'm like, if they're healthy, I have to put them in my top ten. But I, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I just my brain couldn't do it. So what I'm, I, we've talked about Kawhi and gave him his flowers. So I'm just going to move him down to my honorable mentions from where he was at. I'm not going to say where he was, but I, I was like, the injuries they took control of me. Yeah, and at eight I had Anthony Davis because I'm like, if eighty's healthy. Mm-hmm. Who else do I want? Yeah. Like, 
No, a healthy, if I get 82 games out of AD, at the end of the year, we remake this list, which could be a good video idea. He's two, maybe. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> like, <laughs> he could like be. A re- and honestly, if like if we do an end of the year, if Jokic like sits out like 20-something games and looks mm-hmm. – if AD plays 82, he's one. Like he be. has that ceiling, yeah. that level of potential. But uh-huh. I was like the injuries, and I hate injuries. I hate what-ups in sports. It's dumb. Maybe – Brandon Roy is the best blazer to ever live, but we don't know because yeah. he got hurt. So <laughs> I have AD at my eight. Um, okay. And, and it's because he's just a, everything he does when he's healthy mm-hmm. is just – he's just a beefy just score at will inside best, the paint. I, I'm going to say best defensive player in the NBA. When healthy mm-hmm. and not nursing some sort of weird groin, knee, ankle, anything injury. He yeah. is just a terror. Mm-hmm. For sure. His his I think the thing that makes him so like he's got the athleticism, but like his mental capacity on when to jump to time the blocks is what's insane. He you know, yeah, I agree. His feel on the defensive end is what it's like a natural gift that he he has just the all time best like defensive instincts. Um and he's able to just get to shots that nobody else is able to get to from with having his both feet in the paint. And just getting out and somehow getting a finger on a jump shot that he's like, he does that more than anybody I've ever seen. You know, it's, it's yeah. So I have AD at eight because I felt like I can't make the list and not have AD in the top 10. Uh-huh. Uh, so I guess I'll go to nine. This is where I had Kawhi at because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. But the injury thing. And I said, I gave Kawhi the flowers going into game one. I don't know if Kawhi is going to be playing. So I'm going to pretend he's not. And I am going to put the person that I would have probably put there. And that is going to be uh, Devin Booker. Because I was I had the same thing where I was like, I have KD really high. But the mm-hmm. last time I watched KD play basketball, he wasn't the best player on his own team. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Book was my first honorable mention written down. Mm-hmm. Um, because I tried to kind of do those in a rough order of like how close I was to moving and switching. Um, and you already also gave Devin Booker his like, it, the, you hit the reasons on the nose. So mm-hmm. uh, my eight, Anthony Davis, my nine, Devin Booker was yeah. written down as Kawhi, but I just, the injuries, I got to get that out because I almost wanted to be like, can we just like pretend everyone's healthy permanently? Yeah. Just for this list because uh-huh. I thought about that too. Um, that just made it really difficult, but. It's part of the real world. That's how how it goes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. What is your number nine? Nine. Yeah. My nine is the same as your eight. So that is Anthony Davis. So we have the same eight, nine, just flipped around. Um, and the reason I have him at nine, I guess, instead of eight is, you know, partly to do with like the uh, healthiness factor that you were talking about. But even beyond that, just the the thing that's really wavy and and like – shaky with him has always been just his motor or his like Want, what his what, love his, of basketball yeah the, when he you can tell when it's a game that's like oh this is going to be this is going to be like pantheon 80 like potentially the best power forward of all time over tim duncan 80 like he gets into that zone it seems like just with a simple flick of a switch like when he just decides to that's that's the scary thing but there's lots of games where it seems like he's like 
I just had a good game last game. I don't need to. I don't need to have a good game this game. You know, um, which is also I think all of like the all time greats are almost always regarded as not very nice people. Yeah, <laughs> because they're all that. They're uh-huh. always the kill switch on. Mm-hmm. They don't have an on off. They're just like, I am here to murder everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anthony Honestly, Davis. outside of LeBron, but on the court, LeBron does the switch thing, but he almost always has it on and then somehow extra on. Yeah. But anyway, this is about Anthony yeah. Davis. Anthony Davis, I, I feel like he just gets this – he has this um, – Complacency? Complacency, yeah. That's a great word for it. And I think that he – it's like he gets into that kill switch mode once he has enough external motivation – like external motivation to get him there because it's like, it seems like it's like when, um, when that, those moments come is like after everybody's talking bad about him or questioning him, doubting him, uh, Charles Barkley's making fun of him on TNT, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it's like AD is back. And then right after that, he's, you know, when, when you see him again, he's like, oh, I feel good. I, you know, I'm back on top. People are, are saying I'm, I'm good again. And, and he's just not as good anymore. Um, it just, kind of this back and forth that is forever frustrating um to you know kind of root for or cheer on or just kind of watch from from a outside perspective um but that is who i have at number nine and my number 10 is somebody that i could pretty easily flip around with him but that is his own teammate lebron james um who is who i have at 10 it can definitely still be the best player on his team but like like we just got done saying, if we're talking like all of these guys at their very best, AD is like top five on this list for sure for me. You know, when I said two, I wasn't trying to be like over dramatic. Like I was yeah. dead serious uh-huh. that a healthy, perfect AD is easily top five. Mm-hmm. The Yeah, in the top tier of players on a sh- very, very, very short list. Yeah, so like... I think what both of like the Lakers players, all of their best ceilings for the what they can be this season, AD is higher than LeBron for me in my book. But it's very wishy-washy on which one will actually be the higher level, you know. Um, Betting on consistency, it's probably going to be LeBron. Yeah. Um, but age is also a thing that is never lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wonder if we're like in this weird middle ground of medical advancements where like what is the new – NBA guys used to be done at what 35 was like a normalish. Oh yeah. You're starting to really decline in play. Is that 40 now? Like, I think the third I would say right now, like what 35 was in 2010, I'll say that's like the new 37 or 38. So in 10 years or 15 years almost, it's moved a, like a you know, couple two, three years. Yeah. Which is pretty big in that oh. short amount of time. Mm-hmm. To, to jump like that um so that's that's the only thing that like lebron is consistent is one of the best things to probably put on the on the resume is of like he the when he shows up it's very rarely like oh that was a that was a really off lebron night that doesn't really happen all that often so yeah i mean he, it's kind of like ad with like he can you can tell that he can still flip that switch mm-hmm. to get into his zone but it's like he can't do it as often anymore because he need with his age, he needs time to recover. Um, I feel like that's the same case with a lot of aging athletes. Like when like goats are not in their prime anymore, the main thing that you see 
leaving is their consistency is like their ability to have it all the time because like their recovery night, in, night out. Yeah. yeah. Their recovery time is what's like the main thing that's really gone. Um, so like we saw with his back up against the wall in game four against the nuggets in the Western conference finals, he came out and had a 30 point first half. And then he ended the game with like 36, you know, like he came out in the second half and was like, he just did not have it anymore. He left the game, he left the game, went back into the tunnel before the first half was even over. There was like 15 seconds left on the clock in the first half. And he was already leaving, going down the tunnel to, get- to go take a nap or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's just kind of how I feel like that's what's limiting him at this point is just that aging factor. Um, yeah. Where are we at now? Are you, is it your 10? Um, it's my 10. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. I'm ready. We've, we've been watching a lot of him. Shay Gilgis Alexander at number 10. Yeah. Are you just putting him in here just to put him in here or do no, you believe this? I, 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 okay. And this is where it got a little tough because at the end of the year, I genuinely believe this is where it'll be. Yeah. It'll, see, he will be mm-hmm. recognized as that. I agree. But, that but that I was like, okay, happen. going in right now, the other names I have written down in my own mentions, Kawhi. Yep. Because I switched book. So injuries for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Then I've got Dame. Yep. Jimmy. Yep. And LeBron. Yeah. Because I didn't I have, put LeBron in my top uh-huh. 10. Yep. So those were my four honorable mentions. We have the same top 14. Okay. So, yeah. But then my thing was like, okay. And I, and I was like, this is why it's so hard. Because, like, Shea was the one that I was like, okay. I haven't seen it. So it was the hardest for me to argue going crazy high. Mm-hmm. But I was like, at 10, I genuinely feel like he is the 10th best player or like a top 10 level player in the NBA. I have, Dame, him, at, I have him at 14, just to be clear. Um, I, I don't disagree that there's no way he's number 10. And this is maybe more at the end of the year, but I'm sticking to my guns because that's all I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing is like, if you take Shea away from this Thunder team, how bad are they? Yeah, that very, very bad. The worst team in the NBA. But you put him there, and they're expected to probably be kind of like middle of yeah, like a average NBA team. Honestly, they went from the absolute worst team to like a like oh, they're going to make the play in at the minimum type of team Mm -hmm. in a crazy good West Mm -hmm. because because of Shea. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when I say average, that's like a conservative. Uh, estimation like they are a, definitely a candidate of a team that is going to completely surprise everybody this year like is going to be like the Men- what Memphis get, was two years ago there's a world they get Chet back and like it'll be a close race because it's the west but they're like why is OKC a three seed this is yeah, kind of exactly. wild <laughs> um and it'll be and not exclusively because of Shea but I'm going to give him 60 to 75 percent a lot a big 60 big to 70 percent of the credit yeah. alone and mm-hmm. so that's why I said he's top 10 at the end of the year, maybe my list will look worse. Maybe it'll look better. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I just felt like needed to give my boy Shay some love. Yeah, I agree. And somebody else that I could see vault themselves up into this top 10 after this year is Anthony Edwards. Yes. I I did not feel good enough to do it yet because his like, it's not explosion, but what Ant did in the playoffs is like, 
if he does what he did in the playoffs for like an actual whole season, it'll be hard to deny him a conversation of being a top 10 guy. Because like Ant was him all year, but it was the playoffs where he was like, there was like I think Bruce Brown said our hardest series was the T yeah. Wolf series. I uh huh. There's a lot of Nuggets <laughs> fans that have said that that the Wolves was the hardest series that we faced. And it was because and a lot of it was because of Ant. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> um, Cat. and well, Gobert. I would put Gobert over Cat for what why um, it was hard. Gobert like, was an animal on the defensive end. People will forget that. For, until the end of time, but Nuggets fans will remember that Gobert <laughs> was was dominant on the defensive end. Was a terror. End. And then Ant was like, Ant scared, like, I'll say this, Ant scared me. He struck more, more fear. He struck more fear into my heart than any person we've ever, we ever went against, like, as, as a Nuggets fan that I've ever gone against. <laughs> In a playoff series. Yeah. We were like, Ant's got no, the ball. Other than maybe 2020 LeBron, I guess. Or AD in 2020. 2020 AD was was really scary. Yeah, but as far as this playoff run in 2023, it was definitely Ant. is Ant because like the the person I would put second on that list would be Booker because of how like Booker Booker was probably at a level that that Ant wasn't in terms of actual production game after game. But the thing with Booker was like it, we, he was getting shots that for the most part. I was not uncomfortable with like, like I was like, I feel like we're playing him pretty well. And if he goes in, he's just doing, he's it. just doing it. Yeah. But so I, I'm like, there, there's no way he's, he can keep doing that Yeah, with Ant, It was like, we can't stop him. It's like they're the he's way too that fast. Yeah. The, the way they were abused. Like that was the only series this entire, this entire playoff run where, where Jokic, six Jokic looked five? at a, uh, it was in five, but five. It's where Jokic actually looked like a liability on the defensive end. This was the only series that it looked like that. And the reason why is because they kept putting him in the pick and roll with Anthony Edwards. And he was, you know, dropping against Edwards. And Edwards was just like full head of steam right at him at the rim every time. And it like we could not stop it. There's nothing we could do to stop Anthony Edwards just coming off the screen and and going to the rim. No, my uh, my buddy, shout out to my buddy Derek, who's a Teals fan. He was like, that series is going – he said, that's the series that I'm going to cry myself to sleep about when Ant goes and plays somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was like some, but something along those lines of like, that'll be the series that I'll be like – it's like that Wolverine holding a picture of like uh-huh. reminiscing. It'll be that, that series. Yeah, I texted – there was – during that series, it was after the game that they won, I think. Or maybe – I don't remember exactly what And that's was, the other thing is – I texted you guys, you and, yeah. you and Anthony, that – um, and I don't know if I 100% believe this anymore, but it's very close. I said that I I genuinely would trade both Jamal and MPJ straight up for Anthony Edwards. <laughs> uh, I know there's a lot of Nuggets fans that would get mad at that because of how you know the high a lot of people hold hold Jamal now after this playoff run. But it's close, honestly, for me. Um. But I, I would still lean. I would still lean on keeping Jamal and Porter just because it's both of them and the just the chemistry and synergy that Jamal and and Jokic have formed over almost eight years together. You know, I don't want to just give away give that away all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. So I was looking. You won game one. By yeah, we lost game three. Right, twenty nine or four. But then it was an eight point win in game two. 
a nine point win in game three, your loss in game four, game four, yeah, and then you only beat them by three in game five. Yeah, one of those games was to overtime. Was that the game we lost? Game I four? think it was game three. No, you won the overtime game. I thought. Oh, maybe. I th- I don't. Rem- I just remember overtime happening one of, one of those games. Um, I'm, it's it's not really showing me very well which one went to overtime. I'm checking. Yeah. But Edwards had like a 45-point game, one of them, didn't he? Yes. That was in game... He had 41 in game two, 36 in game three. And it was only showing me the highest score of the game. It's not showing me. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Overtime was the... It was your loss, was your overtime. Okay. That's what I thought. The two of them wrote overtime or just one? They might have gone two. But I, I just remember at least one game going to overtime, and I thought it was the loss. Uh, it was the loss, yeah. <sighs> to avoid the sweep. Anyway, I feel like that was good. Our top ten lists. Oh, honorable mentions. I almost buried the – I guess I talked about my Yeah, you, you already kind of mentioned yours. Mine are the same, but I'll say them also. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is who I have at 11. Number 12, I have Dame. Number 13, I have Jimmy. Number 14, I have SGA. And if I had to put a 15, I think I would put Anthony Edwards. Um, so, yeah, that'll make it a nice, clean top 15. Donovan Mitchell? It's close. He's up there. Um, the way he disappeared in the playoffs was yeah two years in a row now. Um was not great. Who else would be up there? Honestly, Jamal's probably up there. He could be. I think that he has Jaw, to, if he doesn't have a like, yeah jaw for gun sure gun fetish. Yeah, um, jaw for sure. Brandon Ingram, um, James Harden. Yeah, I think he could still be up there. I feel like we're, we're like. Is there any bigs that we missed? I feel like those guys got big, forgotten. Like bigs. position bigs, uh, forwards, like power forwards, centers. The only guys that come to mind, Bam and Sabonis. And I don't know if they're that. No, that. no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mention them so far. I'd, I would mention Fox before I'd mention Sabonis. Um, personally, Lou Dort. Just kidding. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a a good good list that we put together. I don't see too many issues that people can have with it, other than SGA. But oh yeah, uh, what you just opened up about about Jamal is something that we can close on. Um, I think that Jamal is a it's a weird with him. Like, I think he's the first player in NBA history that I've experienced at least that like the narrative around him, like the way that I'm looking at him is like, in order for me to properly rank him, I need to see him do it in the regular season. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no nobody ever would, that you would say that about. How much worse does Jamal Murray get if Jokic isn't his teammate? How much worse does he get? How much worse is Jamal if, like, Jokic isn't his teammate? I have no idea. Like, it's so hard to have a grasp on who. Yeah, that. But I think that it's quite a bit lower. Um. Also, there is another player like that in the history of sports. Julian Edelman. Oh, 
Probably won't make the Hall of Fame because of his regular season. Rondo is another one also I just thought of. <laughs> Playoff Rondo's his own meme. Yeah. We've got like a chat somewhere and it has like merch and one of them is Playoff Rondo is my spirit animal. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Is that on our depth Discord? Depth is depth and depth is good. Yeah. Uh, I remember that one. Um, But yeah, Jamal is just – it's it's wild that that's what you I would say about him, but – yeah, I need to see him do it, I, regular do it in a regular season where he has a full regular season looking like that guy that he has looked like the past two playoffs that he's played in, um, which was, for those who don't know, the bubble playoffs and then this one, um, which is wild. Now that that's the gap between his two playoffs. Yeah, he didn't play in 21 or 22. Because he got hurt right before the 21. Yep, in April. April 8th. And so then that knocked him I out think. for the playoffs. In the 2022 season, they just didn't have him come back. Yeah, he was out okay. all the way through. Um, I think that it, it was – they were being sort of conservative with it, but um, – Worked out for him. Worked out, yeah, for they sure. They got a banner. Mm-hmm. I, I will be forever grateful for. And he was a absolute ginormous part of that. So, yeah, that was the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate – the show on Spotify. If you're listening there, please like, and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, do all the stuff, go to the Patreon, sign up for that. If you feel kind, if you um, do, you get vlogs from me training for my marathon. Yes. And also early access, to new episodes and shout outs at the end of episodes. If you join, uh, that tier, there's two tiers, uh, $5 and a $20. So if you feel like supporting the show, that's the best way. Um, second best way I would say is the buy me a coffee, which all the links of all this stuff should be in the episode description as well as the show description, wherever you're watching this or listening to this. Um, and so that buy me a coffee.com slash hoop theory is where you can make a one-time donation to the show. So do that. If you feel like it, (laughs) if you want to, um, and recipe of the day is creamy Tuscan chicken. Yes. We I, did we talk about that on air or was that before the episode started? Oh, I think it was before. Yeah, I think it was before. But creamy Tuscan chicken recipe yeah. of the day. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you guys in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>